Or if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 90 just for a few minutes. I'll try to be brief, but not too brief for y'all to accuse me of being a party animal, but I'm not. Amen? Uh, on the way into the party uh, parking lot, uh, Carson uh, asked me to arrange a flight for him and Bryce to go to South Africa. He was serious. So uh, how much it costs per person? 2500 yeah, they just shelled out $5,000 to go to um, South Africa, and so we want to help a little bit, amen? And so if you can do that, if you don't have anything right now, we'll take it uh, master charge. No, we'll take it uh, next next week, but uh, I appreciate mission trips that will change your life. Every pastor ought to go on a mission trip often. Until I went on a mission trip, I didn't understand the mission field at all, didn't really have a burden for it. So I hope that every member in this church will eventually go on the mission field. If you don't want to go to South Africa, you can go to South Dakota for all I care. But go on the mission field, amen? You ought to go to South Atlanta. That'd be good too, amen? That place needs Jesus. But uh, Psalms ch uh, chapter 90, and I appreciate all of you being here. I wasn't nervous about this uh, get-together afterwards, and I see all my family travel all the way up from Atlanta, and it, it must be something special. I guess 70 years old. You know, I was thought just another birthday, but maybe it is, because, I mean, they wouldn't come up here if it's just 39 or something, you know, so uh, I've got, I'm thinking now, man, why, is this it? But anyway, um, they think this is the last party, but anyway, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's good to have my family here, Brother Stephen. Uh, I don't know what they're doing for a choir director down at Vision, but I'm sure they'll make it. And um, Trent, he's got a lot more responsibility on him now, so he couldn't leave because um, Brother Austin's in Bosnia, I think, or Istanbul or somewhere. He's somewhere around the world, and uh, he's going to be doing more of that in the future. So you pray for him as he travels around the world and uh, recruits more missionaries. Amen. Psalms chapter 90 is on applying wisdom in your hearts for the Lord. It's numbering your days. And I entitled this message, Don't Waste God's Time. It's not your time, it's God's time. And I want to say this, you will have the time of your life if you're in his will. Say amen. I mean, it's just, it's wonderful. I was thinking about Miss Linda being here, and thank God she drove up. That really made me nervous that, man, alive, is this birthday party or is it what? But she just wanted to get up here. I appreciate it. But I think about the precious memory of Brother Gary and how he finished so well and had so much faith and encouraged me so much. And, uh, you know, we miss him so much, but thank God we're all going to be together soon. But until then, we cannot mourn as those that do not have hope and just give up. we got to go on for God. And this whole chapter, Moses has seen Miriam die. He's seen Aaron die. And now, he's, he's uh, probably this is Kadesh Bardia, and they've been uh, wandering on the funeral train for 40 years out of the will of God in the wilderness. Moses smites the rock twice instead of once, messes up God's typewriter, and that don't make God happy. And he said, you're not going in the promised land. And Moses didn't even get to go in after putting up with that crowd for 40 years. And um, so he knows how to end well, and he knows how to encourage us to end well, and we even learn from his mistake. In verses 1 through 6, we see the author and finisher of time. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. It says, before the mountains were uh, created, Jesus, God was there. And the greatest revelation that I think I could ever give you 
is that the greatest discovery you could ever have is the last three words of that second verse. It says, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. I'm not going to review much, but I want to tell you something, friend. You need to know he's God. And he's Lord, whether you crown him Lord or not. But we need to let him be Lord of our lives, and we need to praise God. We need to um, do this. We need to... We need to let him have his way in our life. And we need to surrender and yield and let God number our days. Uh, the word number don't mean just count. It means evaluate. Uh, and there's our text in verse 12, and that's what I'll preach on tonight. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. The greatest discovery, the greatest responsibility of life is thou art God and that he gives us time and life as a sacred trust. Don't feel sorry for Brother Blaine giving up a great career as a firefighter in Atlanta with all the benefits and all the hype and all the uniform. Don't feel sorry for him. He's putting on another uniform called a soldier of Jesus. Amen. And folks, I want to tell you something. It's a high calling to be in the will of God and there's no sacrifice that's too much to be in his will and live for his glory. And so the greatest discovery and the greatest responsibility is that God gives us time. God's given us life. And why are you here when some other people are not here? Why did God let you live this year? 2,148 people died of COVID in Whitfield County in this past year and a half. And some of y'all will say, and I know y'all y'all argue with a lot of people. Well, you know, it's a lot of other things. I know that, but that's not the that's not the that's not the thing. It don't matter what they died of; it's where they went after they died. Amen. It don't matter what led up to their death; it's how they lived before they died. Say amen. Let's don't get hung up on exit terminology. Let's let's think about what's the difference. The difference is. We need to live for God every day as if it's our last. So, here it is, verse 12. So, since God is God, God is over all, God is upset with sin, it's in our lives like a testimony, verse 9, he says, so, teach us, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Let's pray. Father, Use this brief message tonight. Uh, Lord, I know the devil's tried to fight it. Lord, we know that you're the author and finisher of our faith. And so, Lord, give us more faith. I pray to God for strength and help to preach this, and I thank you for the opportunity to preach this message. Uh, Lord, I don't know how many messages I've preached here since 1978, but it's a bunch. But I thank you, God, that you're the overseer of it all. It's all for your glory. So, Lord, dear God, help us. Help us, God, to see that you're the overseer, you're the, the, you're the author, you're the assessor of our days, and God, help us to fear you and love you and serve you with all that's within us, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name, amen. I believe it was um, 1994, I think it was October 7th on a Thursday, I preached two funerals. Uh, one was uh, Sharon Dantzler, I believe her name was. Yes, it was. A uh, young lady that died at the age of 40.
And then I uh, preached another funeral of a young lady who's 32 years old. I won't give you her name. As the parable in Luke chapter 16 did not give the lost person's name. But uh, she was 32 years old and she died um, in the back seat of a car alone under the very horrible circumstances of poisoning herself by drinking too much alcohol. In contrast, Sharon was gathered around with her family and we were singing and praising God and reading scriptures and celebrating heaven. And she slipped off into heaven. She was one of our chartered members. She lived in apartment 19. I lived in apartment 16. And I always thought she was a highfalutin person because she had one of those uh, convertible cars, you know, with just two seats. And I said, oh, she's too sophisticated for our storefront. And she got in our storefront and loved it. And was so faithful. And folks, there was a contrast between these two funerals that's unbelievable. In one funeral, there was peace and comfort. But in the other funeral, uh, the 16-year-old and the 13-year-old daughter and the teenage son fell apart. They, they, they wouldn't stop weeping and, and just almost in convulsions while I was trying to preach because there was no comfort. Now, what made the difference? I'll tell you what made the difference. Not how they died, how they lived. And I'll never forget that Thursday. And I preached a message on Psalms 90, the brevity of life. And I just thought I'd use that illustration to tell you, friend, that it does matter how you live. It matters because your family needs the comfort of knowing that daddy or mama, uh, sister or brother, son or daughter, live for God with no reserve knew God, loved God, and thank God they had the, they had the proper uh, priorities. And so there's an assessment of eternity. An all-knowing, omniscient God, verse 7 through 11, tells us that we ought to fear God and number our days. I, want to get, I just want to close this message very briefly. In verses 12 through 17, there's the application of time. There's the application of time. Number one in verse 12, that's why I love Vacation Bible School. Verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days. We apply our hearts into wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early. First of all, if you're going to number your days, you better start your days right. And that's being saved. You need to be saved at a very early age. You ought to be saved as early as you can be saved. Amen? I believe it's scriptural for children to be saved. And folks, the Bible says that the, the children came to Jesus and the, and the great spiritual disciples said, no, 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 he's too busy for you. And he looked at them and he rebuked them. And he said, suffer the little children to come to me. And then he went on and said, hey, listen, it's better that a millstone be hung upon your neck uh, than you hinder one of these little ones coming to me. He rebuked them good. He told them off. And they deserved it, hard-headed Disciples, I almost said hard-headed deacons, hard-headed disciples, we don't have that here. But folks, I want to tell you something, the application is start early. Our days are numbered. Only one life so soon it will pass. And he's not only the overseer and the assessor of time, but thank God, friend, he is the one that will grant you the privilege of living for him day by day. If a child gets saved, he has his whole life ahead of him. 
An adult gets saved, he just has half his life. D.L. Moody said that often. He had two and a half people saved. They said, what do you mean? Uh, uh, two, two adults and one child? He said, no, two children and one adult. Half of the adult's life's gone. But these two children got their whole life. Right. Folks, many of the, folks, we ought to, we ought to, we ought to consider uh, that our life should be occupied with Christ. That we ought to live for Christ and to die as gain. Uh, daily, we ought to have obedience. Daily, we ought to have prayer. By the way, I believe that Moses is praying now. One of the greatest ways to number or evaluate, count your days is to pray. Pray. Pray every day that God would help you yield to him and be filled with the Spirit of God and glorify his name with your little old life. Because everything else is wood, hay, and stubble. Say amen. We need to lay something at his feet at the judgment seat of Christ. And so it says, Oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy. That's salvation. Amen. That we may rejoice and be glad all our days. And then I like that word satisfy. I want to say this, friend. You'll never be happy unless you're holy. And you'll never be happy unless you're saved. And you'll never be happy unless you're in the will of God. There's freedom in the will of God to please your maker. There's freedom in this will of God to be effective and fruitful. And folks, I want to tell you something. These things have I written unto you that your joy might be full and that your joy might my joy might remain in you. Uh, John 15, verse 11. And folks, it's the results of being fruitful. Abiding. You're the branch. He's the vine. And folks, you're satisfied. You're a happy, you're a happy branch. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you what, I just don't have any regrets uh, about my life. I wish I'd have done more, wish I had more faith, like Dr. Lee Robinson said. But I'm so glad God led me to Dalton, Georgia. Amen. This was my first ministry. I hope it's my last. I'd never pastored before in my life. I hadn't preached much. Down in Claxton, the only thing I knew was take a Sunday school lesson and yell it when I was when the preacher called on me to preach because I was a Sunday school teacher all my life in the ministry. I had a youth department and I had a bus ministry. And my wife had a bus ministry. Matter of fact, uh, the day that Jason was born, she visited on the bus route all morning on the on the bus route, and I think he was born on a, a special friend day at our church that we'd worked for so hard. Folks, I want to tell you something. God will satisfy your soul. Amen. Amen. Don't, don't, don't ever apologize for being a missionary. Don't ever apologize for being in the will of God. Don't ever apologize for being faithful. God will satisfy your soul, and nothing will satisfy your soul like Jesus. No one, nothing, the will of God, satisfied. Philippians 4.11 says, you ought to learn to be content no matter what state we're in. Amen. You Tennessee fans, you ought to be content. Uh, with being Tennessee fans, amen? Amen, I had to say that because my son's back there on the back row wearing orange probably. But anyway, <laughs> folks, satisfied. Thrilled, filled, and satisfied. Old brother um, Grant Rice used to come here and teach me on how to start a church, how to start a church, and he'd always, you'd call him up, and I'd say, how you doing? He said, rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoicing in the Lord. I wanted to catch him one day when he wasn't. But he never would say it. He'd always say, rejoicing in the Lord. I, didn't, I stopped asking him how he's doing. He just said, rejoicing in the Lord. 
And I believe this old man, praise God, was rejoicing in the Lord because he'd built over 32 churches. He had a ministry that was abounding. He helped a lot of preachers start churches. I'm going to tell you something, friend. He was a fruitful person, saved, satisfied. And then last but not least, told you this would be brief, if this is the last point, sanctified, sanctified. Look at verse 15, please. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. That's wandering in the wilderness. Let thy work appear unto thy servant and thy glory unto their children. Folks, I want to tell you something. You ought to be sanctified, uh, a good steward, a good manager. Uh, you have a sacred trust and that sacred trust is life. That sacred trust is time. Folks, time's running out. I believe we're in the last days. Can somebody say amen? I believe the rapture can take place any minute, should take place any minute. I'm not God, but if I was God, I'd rapture everybody up right now. Because I ain't never seen a world so messed up in my life. The United States of America, one nation under God, is perverted. Truth is fallen in the streets, and the leadership is corrupt, perverted. Heresy on every corner. Redefining marriage. Redefining sex. And, and, and uh, redemine, redefining uh, gender. That is shaking your fist at God saying, I don't want to be a woman. I want to be a man. I don't want to be with my wife. I want to be with another man. And folks, Jesus is coming. He's had it. Like old Bill, Brother Billy Goosby. Brother Chris, the second Sunday. Is this Sunday? You pray for him as he's taking this great church down in Rome. <clears throat> but Billy Goose one time preached on awesome preaching on because he preached on Jesus coming and boy is he hot. <laughs> I thought, glory to God, where's he going to go with that? And I'll tell you where he went with it. It's perilous times and he ain't going to put up with this junk much longer. Right. I know that's not good preaching, but it's the truth. Right. He's not going to put up with this much longer. Right. Folks, I mean, iniquities abounding. Truth's falling in the streets. Perilous times Folks, Jesus is coming. And so until then, let's keep on singing. But until then, let's keep on serving. Because anybody can sing. Well, I won't say that, but anybody can try to sing. The testimony. And so, folks, we ought to be sanctified during tribulation. Verse 15 says, Make us glad according to the days wherein we has he has afflicted us. They were wandering in the wilderness. They were wandering in sin. They were griping about God's provision. They were so unsatisfied and so unsanctified that they were complaining to God and rebelling against God and making their own gods. And Moses got so upset, he threw the Ten Commandments down. And by the way, God wrote those down. So it's all right, preachers, to use notes because God gave Moses notes. But I want to say this. Folks, the tribulation was brought on by sin. If you live beneath your privilege, you're up for the chastening of God. Just go ahead and live like you want to, but if you're a true child of God for whom the Lord loveth, he's scourging, chasing every son of your sin. He will get your attention. And if you don't lose peace over sin, then you're not saved. Hebrews 12, verse 8. Amen? And so it's saved, sanctified, satisfied, and sanctified. You ought to be sanctified in tribulation. Listen, anybody can live for Christ when things are going good. 
When you ought to live for Christ is when everything's going bad. And folks, we're in a dark world. And because of that dark world, we need to shine bright as a city set up on a hilltop. It's high time that we wake up. For our redemption draweth nigh. We need to put on the armor of light, Hebrews 13. We need to wake up, perk up, pray up, and look up. Because Jesus is coming soon. And then for the testimony's sake, look at verse 16. Let thy works appear unto the service and thy glory unto their children. I want to tell you something, friend. Greatest security a child has is that mom and daddy will love each other and never leave each other. But the greater security is that mom and daddy love the same person, God. They just love the same person, God. That God's our life. God's our security. God's our hiding place. God's our fortress. God's our high tower. When we're so fogged in, we have to trust God for the future. And when we can't even see the runway, God's got it. And folks, I've had some devastating news this, this week about some friends of mine. From the loved ones that could hardly speak trying to get a prayer request to you. God help us if we don't pray for them. And folks, I want to tell you something. The testimony is a sense of mortality. We're to live each day as if it's our last. Each day could be our last. The antidote for weeping is there is an end. The antidote for discouragement in the war is there is a finish line. It's called the helmet of salvation. I keep wheeling the sword knowing one day God's going to call me home. And God's gonna, the war's going to be over. Until then, we're in a warfare. And folks, this warfare is not for sissies. This warfare is not for bench warmers. All you men all excited about that softball team, none of you joined that softball team to sit the bench the whole time. You want to get in the game, don't you? Amen, praise God. That's why I did not play, because I guarantee you one thing, if I'm out there, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to break my neck. And i got to save myself for preaching for a few more weeks. Because y'all think I'm over the hill. But our testimony is this, we love God more than ourselves. We love God so much that we give each day. And then it's the remedy for willful impatience, knowing there's an end. It's a bomb for a wounded heart. You know, sometimes I feel like my heart's going to break. Sometimes the burden gets so hard. I mean, I just listen all the time to people's heartaches and and it's, it's call after call and visit after visit. And I want to tell you something, if I couldn't turn that over to God, I'd already be out of this thing. Because it just breaks your heart if you care. If you've got a shepherd's heart, when the sheep are being mutilated and sheared, it breaks your heart. But I'll tell you what is a bomb to a wounded heart. I'm going to number my days. I'm going to apply them to wisdom. It's correction for the worldly. You ain't got time to live for yourself. First John 2, verse 15 through 17. It's a sedation for worry. We ain't got time to worry. We just got to live by faith. All this 
with his tremendous power. Look at verse 17. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Lord, teach us to number our days. We've got to be saved. We need to be satisfied. We need to be sanctified. Praise God. We can yield to his power. And he does it all. If we'll yield our all. It says that the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us. Twice in Psalms it says the beauty of holiness. A lot of people don't think holy people are beautiful. They think they're old-fashioned, fuddy-duds, square, modest, you know, out of date. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm going to tell you one thing. We don't get our thrills and our, our um, sufficiency from the flesh and from the outward cover. It's the beauty of God. It's His presence. It's His power. So teach us to number our days. We may rejoice and be glad all our days. Folks, the reason is we can keep on going during tribulation and we can keep on going because there's a testimony to the next generation and we can keep on going because there's a tremendous power. It's called the beauty of the Lord, our God, upon us. I'm telling you, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be in the ministry. And God has called you to be fruitful. You haven't called yourself. He's called you and ordained that you bear forth fruit, John 15, 16. And I, I, got, I got several hundred pages of notes. I'm almost not exaggerating. But I just want to give you just, just, just a thought about Philippians. Um, there, there, there ought to be, a, there ought to be a, a chief priority in your life. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. And I'll try to close with this. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. <clears throat> I think Paul finished right. And he said this, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Lost for Christ. Yeah, you got to give your career up. Yeah, you got to give your uniform up. You got to give your buddies up. You got to give the security of good insurance up and all the other things up. But I want to tell you something. We ought to count it all lost before we got it. And when we get it, it's God's. If He's blessed you, don't feel sorry for anybody's sacrifice for God. If He's blessed you, it's because He wants you to be a blessing. He blesses you to be a blessing. You're a steward of his blessings. You're a steward of his life. <clears throat> he expects you to use your time, talent, and treasures for his glory. And anything else is a waste. You're not here just to be happy. You're not here about, it's not about you. But it, the, 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 the chief priority in our life should be this. In verse 8, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, where I have suffered the loss of all things. And here it is. Here's how to number. And I do count, evaluate them, but as but done. Refuse that I may win Christ. Here's the chief priority of your life. Please the Lord. Sum it up. 
<clears throat> please the Lord. Everything you do ought to be this. Do it, does it please God? <clears throat> Is it an act of faith? If not, you're going to wait on your little feelings and you're going to be stagnant because you'll never feel like soul winning. You'll never feel like praying. You might not feel like coming to church much. You got to come by faith. And praise God, the feelings are the caboose. They come in along. Amen? It's the joy of the Lord. And so, folks, listen. There's a chief priority in your life. And there's a chief pursuit. It says that I may win. Win has a word of pursuit. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, he uses another word. He says that I press, verse 14, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The Christian life is not passive. The Christian life is you press. You discipline yourself. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God is righteous. The word seek is aggressive. You don't seek something saying, well, I'm here and I'm available. If God knocks me out, I'll go do something for God. And I'm just going to sit in church and soak, sour, and sit. No, there's a, there's a seeking. There's a pressing. So there's a chief priority. There's a chief pursuit. Thank God in verse 8, I see one little word. It says four. It says, I count loss for Christ. And then verse 8, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge. For. Who do you live for? Who do you live for? And folks, we ought to have faith in Christ. We ought to be faithful to Christ. And then verse 10 says, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. It won't be easy, but it'll be worth it when you die daily. And when you surrender all, and when you sacrifice for him. And folks, the chief prize is found in verse 20, where our conversation is in heaven, from which also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies, it may be fashioned like unto the glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. God can set everything in order if you'll just yield. Yield. So Psalms 90 teaches us something. It teaches us the shortness of time we ought to live life and we ought to apply our hearts unto wisdom. Apply it. Proverbs 3.3 says, incline and apply. You know what that's saying? Walk the walk and don't just talk the talk. Come to class, but let the class change your life. Study the Bible, but put the Bible in practice. Incline and apply. That's wisdom. Wisdom is walking in God's steps after he tells you what to do. Wisdom is realizing that God is the author of time. That time spent on this earth is very, very short compared to eternity. One day we'll face God. and We'll give account to the living God and how we use the gift of life. 
C.H. Spurgeon said this. I'll quote him again. Time is short. Eternity is long. It's only reasonable that this short life be lived in the light of eternity. Every decision you make should be in the light of eternity. Every priority you have should be in the light of eternity. Every pursuit that you have, I mean, what you get really excited about, what cranks your tractor, ought to be in the light of eternity. But so many times we live for the nasty now and now instead of the sweet by and by, and one day we'll face them empty-handed, and it'll be wood, hay, and stubble, and we'll say, Dear Lord, I'm sorry, I wasted my life. And he'll say, enter in. It won't be an abundant entrance, 1 Peter 1.11. You'll be ashamed, 1 Peter 2.29. You'll not be confident. You'll have nothing to cast at his feet. I want to give you two more verses and I close. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. It summarizes, I believe, Psalms 90. It says, for me, no, we'll go back to verse 20. It says, according to my earnest expectation, he's about to have his head chopped off. Now, God didn't call you to be a martyr or give your, uh, to die. He's called you to live and die to self. It says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing shall I be ashamed. What a way to die. Nothing shall I be ashamed. Look at this. That, that, that with all boldness, and here it is, as always, so now, he's in jail, so now. He's not pouting, he's not panicking, he's praying and he's writing an epistle. He's saying, but so now, so now. Also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. See folks, to, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain if our life is a magnifier of Him. See, God wants to use you to make an impression on someone. God wants to use you as an exclamation point, not a question mark. God does, does not want to use you as a lukewarm, half-hearted bench warmer. He wants to use you as a disciple picking up your cross, denying yourself, and following him. Amen. What a cost. But the whole reason that you'd magnify him, whether by life or by death. I'll never forget the time I really got the beating of my life and my mother. I don't know if y'all have ever done this or not, but I had a baseball glove and I cherished that baseball glove, and I decided I was going to make an impression on that glove. I was going to carve KWC. My first name's Kenneth. KWC. So I got my magnifying glass out. In the backyard, and there's a lot of leaves. It was in the fall. It had to be because there's leaves everywhere. And I got that magnifying glass out, and I put it at a certain angle until it got real little, and all of a sudden, it started burning my glove. I wanted it to. I wanted a brand on it. I don't want nobody to touch my glove. And I started burning the K, burning the W, burning the C. 
Then it got so fun that I said, praise God. I think I can burn something else. I am a pyromaniac. I almost burnt the whole neighborhood up with uh, dry cedar trees one time. We got whole, We had a holy trampoline after I got finished burning all these cedars. They were falling, fire falling from the sky. Here I am with a little old garden hose trying to put it out and all the neighbors saying, there's the crazy preacher burning our neighborhood up. They called the fire department on me. Same thing happened back here. I was just burning a bunch of tires and all of a sudden here comes police and sheriff and EPA and bulldozers and all kinds of stuff. I said, what are you doing? I said, I'm burning some tires. I can't get rid of them. That's against the law. There was black smoke all over this neighborhood. Amen. I was making an impression. When I was little, I got that magnifying glass. You got to put it at a certain angle now. You got to lay it low. You got to get, you got to zoom in. And then I said, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to take this pile of leaves and I'm going to burn them. Man, I burned them. Then I put some more leaves on. I caught the whole backyard on fire. My mother came out the back door. I won't tell you what she's saying, but she was screaming. My full name, Kenneth Wayne Cofield. And she burnt my britches up. You ever had that happen in your life? Amen. I was hotter than that magnifying glass. That made an impression on my life. Not the burning of the britches, but the, that I could lay that little piece of glass, magnifying glass, down low and angle it and the great sun could flow through it and focus and narrow down and burn an impression in my glove. And folks, that's exactly your life. You're to magnify Christ by laying your life down and letting the Son of God flow through your life. Love through your life. Forgive through your life. Sacrifice through your life. Get tired through your life. Use this old vessel, this body as an as a instrument of God's glory and burn an impression as the light of the world. You're not the light. You're just the magnifying glass. You're not the light. You're just the reflector. You're not the source. He's the source. But praise God, God's called us to magnify Christ, Amen. whether by life or by death. And I believe that's a pretty good definition of numbering your days. What are you going to do tomorrow? Well, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to make a lot of money. Good luck. And thank God you want to go to work because nobody else does. Amen. You've been in a restaurant lately? It's a long, long time in the restaurant because nobody's working. You see the owner out there serving tables. Good night. Crazy. Oh, I'm going to have fun tomorrow. I'm out for the summer. I'm going to play all day and praise God, take my magnifying glass and get in trouble. Don't you do it. Point two of my, two of my grandsons. No, I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to get up in the morning and say, God, there's a lot of hurting people out here. There's a lot of lost people out here. Would you just burn your love through my life? Would you make an impression on somebody's life for your glory? Would you let me die to self today, be filled with the Spirit, be filled with your power? And maybe y'all just pray, Lord, help me number this day as a day for the furtherance of the gospel and for the glory of God.
And Lord, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't wake up. And Lord, if it wasn't for you, I couldn't move. If it wasn't for you, I couldn't think. I hope I don't lose my mind. And I say that in serious because there's a lot of people that's losing their ability to know people and love people. And that's sad. Some of you have been through this with your loved ones, with Alzheimer's. But if you have a clear thought in the morning, you ought to say, Lord, you gave me this thought. I'm going to take some tracks and put them in my pocket. I'm going to go to work with a countenance upon my life. I'm going to make a difference because I want to number this day. I'm going to apply my heart to wisdom. Wisdom is seeing this world through God's eyes. Father, use this message. I preached longer than I thought I would, but I never can predict how long I'm going to preach. But I hope, God, I hope somebody got the message for Psalms 90. That we're to number our days. We're not to waste our days. No matter if we live in seven years or 70 17 or 27. God, every birthday is special. It ought to be a celebration of your life, your health, your strength, your blessings. But God, every day is a day of opportunity. So Lord, I agree with Charles Haddon Spurgeon. If eternity is that long and life is this short, it only makes sense that we live in light of eternity. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I try to be as brief as I can so y'all would stay for a while. But some of us are getting a little older. This church is getting a little older. It don't mean we ought to just all plan our funeral or just sit in a pew. There's still a ministry. There's still a ministry. This morning during prayer time, it touched my heart when Brother Lamar said, I've got a best friend. He's 83 years old, as old as Brother Lamar. And he says, he's lost. I want to win him to the Lord. And I witnessed to him. And he's hard hearing like I did. And I just, we was hollering at each other. And praise God, we were trying to get the message of the gospel across to him. And I just left him a track. I said, hallelujah. Here's a man that's burdened for his friend, old as he is. He left him a track. Now, folks, don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't retire, refire. But praise God. Number your days and realize God's got something special for your life. And if he's opening doors, step through them. And praise God if he's having some uh, people you're meeting tomorrow is a divine encounter and it's all for his glory. It's all to magnify God, whether by life or by death. We ought to press towards the mark and we ought to seek first the kingdom of God. There ought to be some energy and vitality about our life because God's called us to number, evaluate our days for his glory. How many say, preacher, I want to do just that? Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? Praise God. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't let the devil sideline you. Don't let the devil discourage you. Don't let the devil depress you. Just rebuke him and say, I've got some life to live. i got some souls to reach. 
I got an impression to make through your son. Anybody else? Hands all over the place. I hope it's encouraged somebody to get up. Get some vitality. Get a vision again. Get some vigor. Keep the values. Christ should be first. No place to park as old Lester Roloff used to preach. No place to quit. No place to recant. No place to give up. Father, use this message. There's one that's lost tonight. Help them come. We'll show them the Bible and how to be saved. And others, dear God, that just need to realign, get reassigned, and praise God, just be more available. Help them to come and surrender their life tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.